Saturday. It's at the West Salem uh, Corn Maze. That's going to be starting at 3. The tickets are $13. You can either buy them ahead online or just get them there. Uh, We would like a head count for those who want to do the bonfire afterwards, just so uh, the DeMoose know know, how many people to expect. You want to bring a light snack. You know, it's not going to be a big meal or anything, but feel free if you want to bring a light snack. Also, October 22nd, oh, and bring what you want to drink. October 22nd is our All Nations Sunday. We will not have church here in La Crosse, but we will be meeting with our brothers and sisters in Whitehall at noon um, for a bilingual service. And then we're going to have fellowship afterwards. So please bring a dish to pass. Um, preferably something cultural, you know, something from your cultural background. If you're Norwegian or Scandinavian or German, um, whatever. Try to bring something like that. Otherwise, American. (laughs) All right. And then just a reminder that we are accepting offerings for the Tupelo Children's Mansion gift cards the $25 Walmart gift cards that we give to those children at Christmas every year. Uh, The final date will be December 3rd. Hallelujah. And we are here today because of Jesus, right? So let's sing about him. Who is this who for our sorrows offers comfort and relief? Bringing sunshine to the dark and shadowed life. Singing softly, cease repining, lift thy soul above its grief. Let the peace past understanding still the strife. It is Jesus, Jesus, sad ones weep no more. He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who comes with healing for the halt, the blind, the lame? Saying softly to the sinner, follow me. Only come in faith, believing as of old the people came. And the lame shall walk, the blind again shall see. It is Jesus, Jesus, sad one, weep no more. He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who loves a sinner as a father loves his own? Grieving over those who spurn his gentle plea. Always ready to forgive them and to make forgiveness known. Who is this forever calling you and me? It is Jesus. Jesus, sad one, weep no more. He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. 
He is able to deliver evermore. Who is this who comes with healing for the halt, the blind, the lame, saying softly to the sinner, follow me? Only come in faith, believing as of old the people came, and the lame shall walk, the blind again shall see. It is Jesus, Jesus, sad one, weep no more. He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. It is Jesus, Jesus, sad one, weep no more. He will heal the brokenhearted, open wide the prison door. He is able to deliver evermore. Hallelujah. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can still heal. He still heals. He still delivers. He still saves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning. Of his precious blood's atoning, then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me. And he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again, and caused the blind to see. I Then I cried, dear Jesus, Come and heal my broken spirit. Then some sweet days came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory 
in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that sweet victory. Victory, Lord, that we can walk in every day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. Then Jesus came and listened to me. Glory to God, he set me free. He set me free, yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound my Jesus to see. 
Glory to God, he set me free. Now I am climbing higher each day. Darkness of night has drifted away. My feet are planted on higher ground. Glory to God, I'm homeward bound. He set me free, yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. Glory to God, he set me free. Goodbye to sin and things that confound. Not of this world shall turn me around. Daily I'm praying, I'm working too. Glory to God, I'm going through. He set me free, yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. Glory to God, He set me free. Now I am climbing higher each day. Darkness of night has drifted away. My feet are planted on higher ground. Glory to God, I'm homeward bound. He set me free, yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. Glory to God, He set me free. He set me free, yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. Glory to God, He set me free. He set me free, yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. Glory to God, He set me free. Praise God. Are you set free this morning? Do you know what that's like? Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Those that know what that's like, we have something to worship God for. Praise God. He set me free from the bondage of sin and death. And He delivered me into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. He made us new creatures. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You. We worship You this morning. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You did so much. You did everything for us. You did everything for me. 
Thank you, Jesus, for your excellent loving kindness. Thank you, Jesus, for your long-suffering patience toward me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my place in judgment so that I could be set free, so that I could be free indeed. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. He set us free, folks. If you've never been in bondage, you don't know what that's like. I was in bondage. I didn't know it, but I most assuredly was. And He came and He set me completely free. I knew it. I knew I was in bondage when the chains fell off. And I experienced what a difference it was to be set at liberty, to have liberty, to not have to do things. I was free to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. He loves us, folks. He loves us so much. Praise God. Before we get into our uh, Scripture text, uh, I want to say very quickly uh, and welcome Braden Hess uh, to our service this morning. Amen. Uh, we have a we have an awesome history, him and I, and uh, he's doing great things for the Lord. I'm so I'm so proud of him in the Lord, uh, what he's doing, where where the Lord has taken him. Amen. Uh, and the best is yet to come, my friend. The best is yet to come. Uh, God's going to blow things wide open, and you're going to be in the center of it. Praise God. Praise God. And for everyone else that's here, thank you so very much. Amen. The faithful people of the Lord, I love each and every one of you. Amen. You guys are an inspiration to me. Your wisdom and your experience, they bolster they bolster me. They bolster my own. I appreciate that. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 38. We'll read there and we'll also read from John chapter 14, verse 15. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 38. And then John chapter 14 and verse 15. In Matthew, the 22nd chapter, starting with verse 36, we read this. This is the Pharisees and the, the scribes trying to trip Jesus up, asking Him questions. They ask Him this question, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Amen. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. And we'll be speaking for the remainder of our service on this topic. I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with God. Jesus, we worship and we praise you. We're thankful for this opportunity you've given us to receive the word of truth. I pray that it would go forth not void, but... Accomplish that which you please and prosper in the thing whereto you send it. Make us very receptive to the word of truth today, to be doers and not hearers only. 
above all else, that your name would be glorified here today. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Some very interesting but very cool things are happening at work uh, for me. And uh, uh, one of the things is uh, I'm, talking, I'm talking to this, uh, this lady. She's asking a bunch of questions. She's uh, ex-Catholic, uh, wants nothing to do with organized religion and all, all of that stuff. Doesn't read her Bible. But uh, she made this, this claim to me, and I was, I was very intrigued by it. He's like, you know... I'll bet I have more faith than you do. And I'm like, really? Okay, tell me. Tell, explain this to me. Uh, so she's telling me about, you know, how she, she knows God is out there and, and God's looking out for her and, and stuff like this. And, and uh, that uh, she has a relationship with God. Uh, and I'm like, well, that's awesome. I mean, that's. I mean that's that's where we all start. That's we need to relate. I mean, religion is not going to save you. The relationship is what's important. So, uh, so we, we spoke a little bit, but I I couldn't help but thinking about that that conversation as as time went on, and uh, this idea of, of of having a relationship with God, and I had to I had to ask this, and I may ask her at some point. What kind of a relationship do you have with God? What, what do you mean when you say that word relationship? What, what do you mean when you say that uh, you know you believe in God and He's looking out for you? What does that mean? How, how does that translate to, to the way you live? Because uh, anyway, <clears throat> so I, I was thinking about this and uh, I started thinking about my relationship with God. Well, if somebody asked me that question, how would I respond? How would I answer that question? What does it mean to have a relationship with someone? A lot of people's relationships with God is uh, not biblical. Not the will of God. When I have a relationship with someone, there are some things, I just jotted some things that came to mind, there are probably others, Things that, that, that form a relationship, if they're not present, that, that relationship is broken. Uh, one thing I, I think that should be in every relationship is commitment. If I'm going to have a certainly a marriage relationship, but even a close friend or, or a family member, having a relationship with them, there's got to be some level of commitment, right? There's got to be some level of, of, of I'm going to stick by you. No matter what. Another thing that I think is important is proximity. <clears throat> I've heard of uh, mail order relationships working and, and uh, you know, long distance relationships, but they seem to be the exception by far. Typically, when people leave, eventually that relationship is going to wither and die. But if there's proximity, physical closeness, I can access you, you can access me. That's a whole lot stronger relationship. Communication, I think, is important. There's got to be, there's got to be some back and forth there. 
And not just, hey, can you run to the store and, and pick me up some pickles? Yeah, you're communicating, but what I'm talking about, how is your day? How, how are you feeling right now? What are you thinking about? Plans for the future. I mean, more meaningful, deeper conversations, I think, are very important in any relationship. Time. Relationships are a huge investment of time. If you don't want a relationship, or if you do want a relationship, and you want to spend a lot of time by yourself, that's probably not going to work out. When my wife and I were dating, we spent every waking moment we could together. You guys probably did the same. It's important to spend time with one another. Love has to be present. Love is the reason that all of these other things are in place. I'm committed to someone because I love them. I want to be close to them because I love them. I want to communicate and, and, and uh, have conversations with someone because I love them. I want to spend time with someone because I love them. In our relationship with God, does that seem to accurately reflect how we feel about our relationship with Him? Do we have a relationship with God built on love? I want to be close to Him. I want to spend time with Him. I want to communicate with Him. I'm committed to Him. Samson had a relationship with God, didn't he? Judges 16 and 20 says, She said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. That, in my mind, is one of the saddest passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. God departed from him and he didn't even know it. Did he know when he was there? I have to say no. I don't think he cared. Long as the bennies keep rolling in, we're good. Judges 15, 18 says, He was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? Samson lived the way he wanted to live with not a care in the world about what God thought, his parents thought, his people thought. Didn't care. He did the things he wanted to do. Never consulted anyone. Just did them. Married the women he wanted to marry. He would only fight the Philistines, which he was commissioned to do by God. But he'd only fight them when he was personally injured, when he was personally wrong. They'd do something to him, he'd do something to get even with them. Otherwise, live and let live, baby. We're good. He would only speak with God when he needed something. In the end, he wanted vengeance for what the Philistines had done to him. Not God. Not God's people. Him. Avenge me my two eyes. Well, bless the Lord, Samson. God bless you, sir.
Let's compare that to David's relationship. 1 Chronicles 16, 10 and 11 says, Glory ye in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face continually. All right, well, now that sounds like someone who wants to be in the presence of God. Psalm 63, 1 says, O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You can hear the passion, the zeal, the fervency of David. His desire to get into the presence of God. To commune with Him. Not to receive from Him, but to worship Him. To speak with Him. David sought the Lord early in the morning. He sought the Lord late at night. Not for what God could do for him, but because David loved him. David loved God's law, and he sought to do it. David sought the Lord for wisdom, for guidance, for help, and to simply worship him. David loved what God loved. He hated what God hated. That's the kind of relationship I'm talking about. That's the kind of relationship I want to have with my wife. That's the kind of relationship I want to have with my God. The kind of relationship that means something in my daily choices. The kind of relationship that means something... It's reflected in how I live. Not, I just live the way I want to, and I know God's out there. I know He's watching out for me. Maybe He is. But that knowledge ought to be doing a little something more in my life than just that. That ought to reflect in how I speak to people. That ought to reflect in the places I frequent. How I dress. How I act toward you and and toward other people around me. The decisions that I make. How I spend my time. How I spend my finances. That relationship ought to be reflected in every area of my life. Bishop asked the question last week so powerfully. Are we persuaded? Are we persuaded of who God is? Are we persuaded that the Word of God is true? Are we persuaded who I am in God? Well, I think another question needs to be asked today. Is Jesus persuaded? Persuaded of what? Is Jesus persuaded of my love for Him? I'm persuaded of His love for me. Absolutely. There's no question in my mind. Is there any question in God's mind of my love for Him? Is Jesus persuaded that I'm His disciple? That I'm doing everything in my power to reflect His character. To look like Him. To speak like Him. To think like Him. To emulate Him in my life. Is there any doubt in God's mind that I am His disciple? There is one person in Scripture that God was persuaded of, and that was Job. Have you considered my servant Job? He's faithful in all my ways. When everything happened to Job, 
Here's how a lot of people would have responded. God, I've lived for you my whole life and this is the thanks I get. This is my reward. I'm done. That's how Job could have responded. A lot of people do. Is that a relationship? How about if my my wife responds to me that way? I give and I give and I give to my wife and then one time I'm asking something of her and she says, Ah, what? I'm done. I didn't sign up for all this. That's, That's what people do to God. I did such and such for you, Lord, so I expect the so and so. That's not a relationship, folks. That's a business transaction. That's a business transaction with the one that suffered on a cross and died for you. A lot of people enter into marriages that way, I suppose. Prenup agreements and everything else set for the inevitable. When, 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 not if, when we get a divorce, we're all set for it. Many times our relationship with God is very one-sided. We want God to have a relationship with us. Be faithful to us. Love and comfort us. Care for us. Provide for us. But just as soon as God starts asking, that's it. We didn't sign up for that. As long as it's all, Jesus loves me, this I know. Everything's good. But we start talking about sacrifice and commitment, dedication, work, discipleship. We start talking that way. Mm. No, I want to go back to Jesus loves me. We start thinking God owes us everything and we owe God nothing. That couldn't be farther from the truth. In fact, the exact opposite is true. I owe Him everything. He doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me anything. He didn't have to die for me. He didn't have to create me in the first place. He never had to love me. He never had to build a relationship with me. He was doing fine before I came onto the scene. Thank you very much. He'll be doing fine, said the Lord Terry, long after I'm gone. But I need Him. I owe Him everything. And in my relationship with Him, if I ever get to the place where I start feeling like He owes me something, Because of all the things I've given to Him, all the things I've sacrificed, i got a serious problem. That's not right. That is wrong. My relationship with God, God's relationship with me happened first. God established a relationship with me first. He offered a covenant relationship to me. I signed on the dotted line for better or for worse. To leave him at the the first opportunity, 
to walk away from him at the first sign of discomfort or displeasure. I'm not happy with this arrangement anymore. Well, you were happy with it when you started receiving all the blessings. You were very happy with it then. People's ideas of relationships are so warped and twisted. People get into relationships for all kinds of reasons. Every one of them centered around me. I want, a, I want a husband or I want a wife so I can be fulfilled. That doesn't work. Well, let's have kids. When we have children, then I'll be fulfilled. That doesn't work. Let's get a dog or a cat. Then I'll be fulfilled. Always looking for them. What can I get out of this relationship? That's not a relationship, folks. That's a business transaction. I'm getting into a relationship. See, what can I do for you? How can I minister to you? That's the relationship that God has with me. That's what I started with with Him. What can I do for you? How can I serve you? How can I minister to your needs? You need forgiveness of sins. Done. You need a healing. Done. You need provision. I'll take care of it. You need your life put back together. I'll take care of it. What did he get out of the deal? He got a dumpster fire. That's what he got. He got nothing of value. He's created something of value in me and in you. But it didn't start that way. There's more to our covenant relationship than receiving from God. Now, don't get me wrong. We receive great benefits in our covenant relationship with God. Absolutely. And I'm thankful for every one of them. Psalm 103, 1-5 says this. A lot of you can quote this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. But there's more than just receiving, folks. There's more to a relationship than just what, what can this do for me? In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, it says, When he called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. Now, now we're getting on dangerous territory, aren't we? Take up a cross? Why I got to do that? Why do I have to do things in this relationship too? I didn't get into a relationship for that. I got into a relationship for me. We see it all the time. People falling out of love. Why did they fall out of love? They stopped getting. People started asking things of them. Fell out of love. In our scripture text today, Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 38. 
He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. The second verse said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, if we could substitute the word obey for love in the first passage of Scripture, I don't think we would do the the Scripture any disservice in doing that. Thou shalt obey the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That's the first and great commandment. If we are to receive from God, we must first obey God. We've got to enter into this relationship the same way Jesus did. To minister to Him. To seek His well-being, His welfare, His pleasure. We all understand, those of us that have been married for at least a month, we all understand that we do things sometimes that we would not otherwise do simply to keep our spouse happy. And I don't do that for me. I could, I could, I could do that so that our relationship stays manageable and, and, and everything stays copacetic and I don't have to worry about that stuff. Or I could do it Well, this is what makes her happy. So I'm going to do that because I want to make her happy. Can you imagine a relationship, a marriage relationship, where you're giving 100% and they're giving 100% back? Imagine the kind of relationship that would be. That would be amazing. That would be perfect. Well, we're in a relationship like that now, halfway anyway. God is giving His 100% to us. Are we giving 100% to Him? I can't stand here in the presence of God and say always yes. That's not always the case with me. I get selfish sometimes. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm Whatever. But is this a relationship or is it a business transaction? I want a relationship with God. I want to say with King David, seek Him early. Seek Him early in the morning. Seek Him late at night. For no other reason than I just want to be with you. I know that you want me to be with you. This pleases you. doesn't matter how it makes me... You know, sometimes we go into the presence of God and there's absolutely nothing. You've all experienced that, right? You feel this burden. Oh, I've got to get in the presence of God. And, and you just know it's going to be awesome because you're feeling so strongly about this. And then you find a place to pray and then it's all gone. There's just nothing there. You keep praying, you keep praying, you keep seeking God, nothing there. And you're like, what in the world? That used to bother me. I think I've shared this before, and, and you guys have had similar experiences, but, but I had to come to the place where I realized I'm not, I'm not coming into a place of prayer to get my fix, to, to feel something. I don't, I don't worship God 
to get a Pentecostal fix, to get all goosebumpy and, and feel the presence of God. I love feeling the presence of God. I love the goosebumps. I love all of that. But if it doesn't happen, I'm fine with that too. Because I'm not worshiping God so I can get something. I'm worshiping God because God is pleased with that. I'm ministering to God with my worship. I'm pleasing God with my praise. When I go into a place of prayer, I do so first and foremost. There are needs, you know, that we all present to the Lord and we want to get those mentioned and praying for so-and-so and praying for this need and that need. We pray for those things, but the overarching theme of our in our relationship with God ought to be, I'm entering into your presence because I want to be here. I want to be in your presence. I want to hear from you. It's been a while. I haven't spoken with you in a while. I haven't been with you in a while. And the Lord feels the same way toward us. It's been a while. Come and speak with me. I want you to come and and spend some time with me. Sister Mangan used to sing a song about that. I, I miss my time with you. Yeah. Beautiful song. Powerful words. <clears throat> we get so busy with everything else. We can even get busy with the work of God. Our ministries, our, you know, trying to reach people, trying to minister to needs, and, and all legitimate needs, things that we need to be about. That's, that's why we're here. That's what we do. But we can get so wrapped up in the work of God that we forget our relationship with God. And we can't allow that to happen. We can't get so busy working for God that we end up falling out. Why do you think people get burned out? Why do you think people, I just can't do this anymore. Well, yeah, but you can't. Because you're running under your own steam. But the T.F. Tenney said, you keep the machinery running long after the oil is run dry. Eventually, you're going to burn it out. You need fresh oil. You need fresh anointing. You need to get into the presence of God. You need to spend time with God. Why did God save you? First and foremost, to have a relationship with Him. Yes, so He could give you a ministry and, and work through you and all of that stuff. Absolutely. But primarily, firstly, to have a relationship with Him. That's your first order of business. is to maintain a relationship with God, a close, vibrant, lively relationship with God. A growing, ongoing relationship with God. That's our first order of business every day is to maintain and to push forward our relationship with Him. That's got to be our priority. And if that is our priority, folks, the work that we have to do, that's going to be done. If I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart, I'm going to obey the commandments of the Lord to sow the seed. I'm going to obey the commandments of the Lord to minister to other people's needs, to pray for you, to intercede. I'm going to do all of that because I love God, because my relationship with God is that close. I do the things that please Him. I know what God wants. I understand how He thinks to the extent that I can. You know what I'm, I'm talking about. I understand His burden. I understand what His will is in this world. And I know that that's what would please Him. So that's what I want to be doing. That's what I want to be doing. Because I love Him. And I love Him because He first loved me. Amen. Let's all stand. Short message, but to the point.
Let's all, let's all find a place to pray. This altar is open. Should you desire, if you're more comfortable in a pew, God is throughout this entire building. You can meet Him wherever it is you want. But get into a place of prayer. Get into a place with just you and Jesus. No one else around. No one else talking. No one else watching. It's just you and Jesus. Get intimate with Him this morning. Get intimate with your Savior, your God, your Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He desires to be intimate with you. He desires that relationship with you. Amen. And if you have been a little bit slack, if you have been a little bit busy or distracted, now is the time to make that up, to make it right, to repent, to get close to Him again. Ask Him to put a love for God in your heart. Ask Him to put a burden for the things of the Lord in your heart. He desires to do so. He wants you to reflect Him. He wants you to think His thoughts. He wants you to speak His words. Amen. Oh, Thank you, Jesus, for Your excellent loving kindness. Thank You, Lord Jesus, for Your mercy and for Your grace and Your compassion to 